Welcome to the Pendulum Insight Podcast. This is a show for deal makers in the blockchain business, where we meet the players who are changing the game today and get their insight into everything from the red tape to the raise. This is your host, Colton Moffitt. Let's get started. Everybody. Welcome to the Pendulum Insight Podcast. Today we're joined by two of the co-founders of Syndicator, Mike Brusov and Yuri Lobensev. Mike is uh, the co-founder and CEO of Syndicator. He's a data-driven entrepreneur. He's founded several technology companies and has 10 years experience in big data, blockchain, machine learning, and fintech IT products for B2C and B2B markets. And then Yuri is the CTO and co-founder. He started coding at the age of 10. He's now an out-of-the-box inventor, investor, entrepreneur, and distributed application developer. Yuri has 10 years of experience in big data, machine learning, leading research groups, neuroscience, and tech entrepreneurship. And in 2015, he helped co-found Syndicator. So Mike, Yuri, thanks for joining us today. We're really excited to talk to you and go into some of those questions that we checked out before. But first, before we do that, would you guys just tell us a little bit more about yourselves and how you got into the blockchain economy? Hello, Colton. Hello, everyone. Thanks for inviting us. It's a pleasure for us to be here and share our thoughts, our vision, and our personal stories and stories about, about Syndicator. <clears throat> so uh, I will start So about my personal story and journey into the blockchain. So actually, I can say I can say that for me it was a complex of different factors, different and various reasons, and <clears throat> definitely a type of a black swan event in my life. Because during the last ten years, I have been launched several technological companies, IT startups, and uh, as you know, entrepreneurs are trying to solve. Uh, different uh, problems and makes life better for many people for for their customers uh, and entrepreneurs are trying to manage it by using various uh, innovations in innovation based so innovative technologies innovative business models innovative distributional models mm-hmm. and and me as an entrepreneur and for me uh, the entrepreneur the entrepreneurship is like my life path, maybe even the destiny. So other words, it's how I communicate with this world, how I can create and transfer my personal message to the whole world. And in Syndicator, all these entities uh, have came together. My previous experience in big data, math and tech, new technological wave, uh, which is periodically uh, coming every 20 years approximately the essence of syndicated products uh, my strong belief in the fair relationship and in removal non-effective middlemen from all stages from all businesses and that's how i mm, like starts my blockchain uh, personal uh, j- journey with syndicator four years ago all right 
it's definitely interesting and I look forward to learning more. Um, and, and Yuri, would you kindly add to yes. that? Tell us about your background and how you got into this as well. Yes, sure. Uh, so I, <clears throat> I was uh, in uh, circles of startups and I had uh, founded two companies before working with many, many startups and uh, being a nerd and researching neuroscience. I had uh, a lot of people around me who uh, started being interested in uh, Bitcoin and I've seen people mining Bitcoin around me, I, I think in 2014, uh, but I was not in, uh, not so interested in uh, cryptocurrencies as I was in another type of business. And then uh, when we uh, founded Syndicator, uh, it, it had a, a long story. We started uh, from researching the phenomenon of wisdom of crowds, uh, and applied it to different uh, areas like uh, politics, sports, uh, arts, technology, fashion, and finances. And uh, at some moment, uh, in around a year after the first start, we turned to uh, finances. And uh, I started digging deeper into researching the nature of money, uh, of the history of money, of how the economic system works where money are taken how they are emitted how they got into the circulation uh, and uh, uh, when i dived deeper i started to understand the problematics and inefficiency of the economic system and uh, i started realizing that it's a huge problem of humanity and then uh, during this investigation, uh, an understanding came to me that cryptocurrencies are the solution. And at the same period of time, we already had uh, quite a big uh, uh, audience of uh, forecasters on our platform. And we had uh, reward mechanisms and internal uh, system of rewards making uh, points that uh, forecasters receive. And we were looking for a solution to pay them, uh, to make these payments. And uh, we faced uh, the problems uh, with gateways and how to make uh, uh, transfers to more than a hundred of countries, to humans from all over the world. How can we manage that with the usual monetary system? And for startup, uh, for a small startup with limited amount of resources, we were eager to find uh, a solution that will answer to our needs and yeah. will be effective in terms of costs, in terms of uh, automation, in terms of uh, uh, papers, all this. And uh, it's all combined, uh, both understanding that crypto, crypto is the future and uh, that we had a pain in, within our project. And it all combined and uh, we came to understanding that we have to make a cryptocurrency in the end of tw uh, 2016s. And during half of a year, we were thinking for the model Make, made different pivots uh, in our business model. And <clears throat> uh, then we realized that this is the exact 
technology that uh, our approach and our ecosystem that we already had really need to make it more efficient. Uh, and in the spring of uh, 2017, we did the decision to initiate and uh, launch a token. Okay, great. So it sounds like for both of you, there was some number of different projects and initiatives and things you were all learning that converged on where things are now. And that in doing so, a lot of the emphasis was on this concept of, you know, which you mentioned the wisdom of the crowd and the community you'd already developed. So if, if one of you would just explain more for the audience and myself, your concept of hybrid intelligence in the surplus terms, what should that mean to anybody who's listening right now? So um, I, I, I would like to, to start and explain as briefly as I can. So the habit intelligence um, um, from our point of view is the um, way the symbiosis of uh, two or more different types of um, intelligences. In our case, we connect the collective intelligence of people uh, other words, uh, we can we can call this the wisdom of the crowds, and the artificial intelligence, the mass algorithms, the machine learning part, and why we um, create this connection, this symbiosis, because both of these different type of intelligences have different advantages and disadvantages, and um, you have a chance um, during the creation of like an, a structure of these different um, entities to manage uh, the majority of disadvantages and increase the power of advantages. Um, and that's how I can explain today the concept of hybrid intelligence. So um, actually in our case, um, it consists of two main layers so the first layers is how we aggregate and connect um, and develop the collective minds of people so we have a uh, mobile and web platforms where every day <coughs> thousands of diverse um, unbiased professional and non-professional analysts um, answer um, special questions so they generate um, predictions <coughs> about um, the major financial events, about uh, pricing of the major uh, crypto and uh, traditional assets. And every day we um, collect this data from the crowd and transfer it to the second layer of our technology, the artificial intelligence layer, is how we um, finally increase the overall accuracy the overall value uh, of this data set. So we, mm, so actually Yuri as a more technical uh, guy can explain it in more simple mm, way. So I could pass mm, my word to Yuri. Sure, sure. And I appreciate that you know, the explanation you've given there from a high level, it definitely helps to wrap the head around what's going on. Um, so, you know, people talk about, oh, we're all going to be replaced by AI. And what you're saying is actually that it can be a co-creative, 
process where they're enhancing each other, augmented human intelligence, artificial intelligence type of processes. Uh, would that would that be more or less correct? Yeah, exactly. Actually, uh, we are believing that uh, the AI uh, brings us as human us to humanity lots of opportunities to make uh, us more efficient and make our life more efficient. And uh, hybrid intelligence uh, is uh, about the symbiosis, about the symbiosis of computer and, and human. And uh, actually, we when we invented uh, for ourselves this uh, this naming hybrid intelligence, we also were choosing, uh, and uh, we still uh, tap to the word of symbiotic. So it's it's also symbiotic intelligence uh, mm. because because it's deeply interconnected with symbiosis like we have lots of uh, algorithms lots of uh, uh, servers infrastructures uh, statistics models neural networks and the uh, humans and uh, all of them are learning and all of them are evolving and all of them are uh, being enhanced and all of them get benefits uh, and uh, in our technology, uh, we take uh, into part, like we have actually three layers, uh, but two of them are uh, machine layers, like, and, and one of them, the layer of collective, of, collective of humans. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, humans uh, and their mind and their brain are also a part of technology. So they are also learning, they are also getting benefits and uh, we are developing both social st structure and computer structure. So this is an organism, and we believe that this is the future type of organization, like cyber uh, organism, where the um, company is represented not just by the team of employees uh, or team of contractors, uh, but also by a big uh, community, uh, in our case, now we have about uh, hundred and I think thirty or forty thousands of humans that are involved into the life of our company, and they are all interconnected with uh, technological algorithms. Where cryptocurrency plays also an important role. So it's not only uh, statistical models that are laying behind the machine learning uh, engines what is usually uh, called AI mm -hmm. AI is uh, much it's it, it just a, a word uh, that could be easily understood by many of people mm -hmm. uh, but uh, if we look deeper into the nature of things we see that these are computers these are algorithms these are actually ideas and uh, software and cryptocurrency is also part of this and this is also related to AGI, this um, artificial global intelligence, mm. uh, which is being discussed a lot uh, here and there. And uh, this is uh, what we see is the future of, of life uh, on the earth. Like mm. uh, we, we are all getting interconnected and this is the way for us as earth, as humans, as machines, with all forms of life to be uh, interconnected into symbiotic 
and big uh, organism. That's very interesting. It, uh, on, a, on a certain level, it reminds me of some of the things that Ray Dalio and, and Bridgewater have done for their decision-making process and to have something where they create systems that help them make better decisions. Uh, but of course, you've taken it to a step that's you know, in a different direction where you've opened it up where people can get involved. And first, I want to ask you, since you've pointed out this term symbiotic and you've, you've actually named something within your organization as symbiotic network, it's a fascinating concept. Um, would you describe to our listeners that specific implementation of the symbiotic network and how they could get involved if they wanted to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd like to start so with, so actually in Syndicator, we, uh, we create not only the product, the, the technology, we also uh, create and develop the new type of uh, future organizations, the future um, business models and concepts. So in Syndicator, we develop the um, network organization with uh, different uh, positive loops between all their participants to um, have more valuable products to uh, solve um, the problem of our customers uh, quickly. So, and in Syndicator, inside the Syndicator, we um, connect different type of uh, roles. So, for example, uh, traders, analysts, data scientists, uh, our internal team, and Mm, each of um, them mm, have their unique role and they can exchange their knowledge, they can exchange their experience and get their, their rewards. In some cases, it could be money, knowledge, information, data. And in, mm, like in the next, in, in deeper layer, we also mm, have mm, a strong intention to create this type of network organizational, not only uh, inside Syndicator, but also inside the whole market landscape and create this um, connection between um, other companies. So how it works. Uh, we also can uh, create a network which uh, can consist of different companies and all these companies can produce a unique value and provide it to other participants um, and <clears throat> get um, some unique value, some unique resources and um, achieve maybe joint or personal goals. And um, it's actually, it's a concept uh, of uh, the symbiotic network and syndicate. So we, want to create the network of different uh, innovative and technological companies and it could be small startups it could be institutional players and we um, want to create a fair connection a fair and clear relationship between all these companies um, and try to develop new type when we have not only just partners or competitors, but we um, can develop new type of relationship, the symbiotic relationship. So actually, I think Yuri um, um, can um, explain it and can um, share 
with um, with us and the audience some interesting uh, reference from the natural side of their core of symbiotic relationship between plants, uh, trees, etc. So Yuri, I, I think it could be a, a very interesting if you could share it with us. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, thanks for this opportunity. Like, uh, uh, I love nature and uh, we love uh, plants. We, we have lots of plants in our offices. And uh, this uh, relates to the ideology of, of ecosystem. Like, uh, the, the thing that is actually discussed a lot in the uh, crypto communities that it's all about the ecosystem and each each of the projects each of the uh, digital asset has its own uh, ecosystem and at the same time we all are living in the same ecosystem around us uh, and uh, uh, we all have shared goals we all have uh, shared problems and uh, we can say that uh, humanity and life uh, itself uh, in nowadays is uh, facing uh, great challenges and probably we are coming closer to global crises uh, that our history didn't know before and uh, you and we uh, all are living in this very interesting time and at the same time very dangerous for all of us we have uh, uh, global uh, climate change uh, crises uh, lots of lots of problems uh, around us and uh, the things are getting accelerated very rapidly mm. and uh, we uh, were living in the era of capitalism and uh, all the enterprises and companies were, uh, were were working with the strategy like if there is a infinite amount of resources on the on the earth and everybody wanted to maximize their profits um, like like if anybody like if everybody can reach the maximum which is infinite but uh, resources are limited and we are all here and we are all here living and we have already reached the capacity and uh, this is harming the ecosystem the ecosystem of plants the ecosystem of air the ecosystem of nature of water and of sure we as humans we face it with the problems with our, our health with our happiness and basic fundamental values, human values. Mm. And uh, uh, this is shared problem of all of us and uh, it should be and uh, it could be uh, solved only if we unite all together with uh, aligned ideas, with aligned uh, understandings of these challenges. If we uh, will look and find for other ways to interact with each other which would be much more efficient fair transparent secure uh, where we will uh, build much deeper types of relationships rather than uh, previous types of partnerships in uh, in the paradigm of capitalism 
Mm. Uh, now we have to look for other types. And uh, we see that uh, in the example of uh, how trees in a forest interact with each other, uh, if we will look how the rhizoma, the underground uh, system, of, decentralized system of mushrooms mm -hmm. is uh, connecting the roots of trees and uh, they, are, they are using this uh, rhizoma, which is decentralized network uh, underground. They yeah. use it like a web uh, to send and receive messages from each other. So trees are sending hormones uh, which are talking to each other, they are messages about the changes of the environment. Mm -hmm. And if there is some danger or some animal uh, coming closer, uh, they say to other, other plants that this is coming and the other plants, they start extracting uh, the protection for them and they move their resources down to roots. They also uh, message to each other if they have some uh, needs uh, and other plants help them and sending their resources through this network. They also, uh, when someone uh, has more access to light and uh, synthesize and has uh, more photosynthesis, uh, it is uh, sharing the resources. And yeah. this is very, very deep type of symbiosis where different uh, kingdoms of types of life, like mushrooms and plants, they are very different from their anatomy of their nature, but they are connected and everything is interconnected. And all the forests, actually, it's not just uh, a set of different entities. It is one entity. And uh, uh, it is just an example of any forest that we take. Uh, but all the lives, that it, it's all the one organism. And uh, now mm, we are coming we have to be connected with that and the computers and the algorithms, the cryptocurrencies are also becoming this kind of uh, rhizoma of decentralized uh, network that is connecting huge uh, ecosystems that is, uh, helps us to transfer the resources to each other and transfer messages and be all deeply, deep, very deeply interconnected in a decentralized manner. Mm. Uh, so this is the um, example uh, how we learn from nature and the concept of symbiotic network was mostly inspired by the nature and by the uh, examples how nature teaches us and uh, also it was inspired by the problems that we see and the challenges that we feel like uh, we all kind of inspired that we can change the world and that also we are frightened with uh, where we are we going and what will be with us in 50 years. Will life still be here? Will we live or not? And uh, we feel that uh, we have not so much choices and the choices are like mm, either we will just destroy the ecosystem if we will not change our mind and our types of interactions or we will evolve to another type of being where we will uh, see us as uh, 
as collective as ecosystem. And uh, this is the philosophy and main concept that lays behind the symbiotic network. And actually, and uh, behind the hybrid intelligence or symbiotic intelligence. And all syndicator is actually about, about these things, but they could be described in different formulations and it's about life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in, in a way, what you're developing from a technological frame of reference to follow the metaphors is a, like an organized and efficient substrate for those connections to form. And so that you can have, you know, this algorithmic way of, of handling the data about what's happening to foster a process where people can work together, communicate with each other, and hopefully remove some biases, communicate more efficiently without having to necessarily put it into uh, traditional communication. And in, in that way, derive some new insights that allow us to avoid some of these problems before they get out ahead of us. So what I'm curious about is in the process of creating this whole architecture that you've created and this community you've created, have you guys learned anything, any kind of emergent properties, uh, surprising phenomenon that, that you weren't expecting to see when you started? So yeah, absolutely. I think, um, every day, every every month, um, we are finding some new interesting insights, some exciting um, information from our minds, and I think it's an endless endless uh, process for us as well as for entrepreneurs as well as like just just people to um, explore explore this world and get new knowledge every day and to share this knowledge with with other people so um in terms of some um, concrete uh, stuff uh we have personally already met in, in syndicator so um, i'm very curious to um, discover uh, how the collective um, opinions how the Mm, collective decision uh, making process mm, works and what um, the most mm, efficient consensus algorithms by using the uh, collective mind empowered by AI we can we can use in different in different aspects in different areas not only in finance so we Historically, we have started with the financial era because in this era, we can create and deliver the product as fast as possible and develop effective business and get the opportunity to invest financial resources to the future Mm, exploration and scientific researches but we already have a lot of interesting insights and um, hypothesis how we can implement the habit intelligence to not only to the financial area to the we can for example implement this technology um, for them um, like problem and task um, how we in the future, how future governments um, can work, how future organizational can work, how can they um, come um, up with a 
consensus because every day people should make decisions probably every second every minute every hour and i'm excited about how our algorithms how our technology can bring on this table a pretty new type of value type of consensus algorithms and help people to make their life better so the immediate financial applications of syndicator as they've arisen now are functionally a means to an end but a very efficient one for learning quickly about how people are making decisions emotionally when it's going to directly affect what they're able to do uh, with, within their lives and, you know, right right yeah because um Financial markets uh, um, is a good uh, use case because um, traders actually should uh, make decisions every minute, every second um, to make or to not to make um, a trade. And um, that's why we can um, collect um, the data and the data is the core of our technology. Um, more data uh, we have, more quickly we can um, research and develop new type of, of for example machine learning model and that's why financial markets was it's a um, good first um, stage to develop um, this type of technology because every 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 day every hour we um, constantly um, generate new type of data and learn our models learn our algorithms and receive uh, new insights and we can validate um, tons of hypotheses on a daily basis i like that that's definitely got a lot to think about in terms of the the way that people make financial decisions and the ability of, of people to actually cooperate in that way or to behave in such a way where they can learn from what other people are doing very quickly and it also, the fact that you touched on the role of governments in the future and the efficient operation and organization of those consensus mechanisms. Uh, I'd, I'd love to hear also what Yuri thinks about that and uh, where, where you're also seeing some properties emerge from this that, that have been surprising to you. Yeah, like uh, I can say that during uh, this path of uh, development, uh, research and development, running products and making different uh, pivots working with hedge funds banks uh, on traditional side uh, and then uh, moving to crypto and uh, we are working both with traditional financial market and crypto market and we're switching attention uh, we are learning a lot uh, and we have to learn fast and uh, it is very curious and inspiring lots of things are coming that uh, we didn't know before and uh, like I, I, I can say that for me it was uh, very interesting to and it's still very interesting to understand the nature of market and uh, of this phenomenon and uh, I was very excited when I read the book of George Soros about his theory of re reflexivity of the market of, of uh, stock markets and actually this theory could be applied to crypto markets as well 
So the, the basic idea is that the behavior of uh, the price on, on the market is uh, mostly irrational and the roots of this behavior lay in the perception of the humans that interact within the market. Mm. And uh, it's all about the expectation, about perception and emotion and uh, how they reflect to each other. And uh, people's minds and people mm, process of perceiving the changes on the market uh, and the, the changes on the market, it is united organism. Uh, which is always reflect each other. Like there is any change, uh, uh, let's say a fundamental change in uh, the behavior of a company, it triggers emotions uh, in different clusters and types of uh, players on the market. They start boiling and this boiling soup is uh, uh, infecting the price, then price moves. This reflects again on their perception they have more emotions and it's all it's always always in the loop mm -hmm. like it's, it was very fun to understand that uh real fundamental and mathematical and technological things they are not uh the only uh reasons for the price to move and mostly they are not uh so important like the perception and um, uh, this is about the research of the mind, of the mind of uh, individual mind and uh, collective mind and how it boils uh, and the way how it changes now. And mm. it's very interesting for us to uh, look into the data that we collect from our financial analysts that are answering uh, our questions uh, and the, the answers that they give us, the, these are their expectations. So this is uh, exactly the, that type of, I can say, sensors of the market uh, mm -hmm. and uh, how they change. Like the, there, is, uh, there are patterns in how it's being changed. There are uh, different types of uh, psychological portraits, uh, how the, uh, the nature of expectation is uh, reflecting the changes of reality. Mm -hmm. uh, some of people, they, what we, we call them, and we have taken this name from a book of James Shuryovsky, uh, or, or not James Shuryovsky, super forecasters who, 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 who had written. Dan Gartner. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so super forecasters, like it's less than 2% uh, of people who tend to be accurate in their expectations and their expectations uh, tend to match the reality. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but in reality, some people match this or this uh, corridor of reality. Uh, and uh, we uh, can see this uh, using the statistics, uh, using the patterns. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is like uh, just the nature of this or that cluster of people to be accurate here on there. Uh, but this is very rare type of humans. Uh, mostly humans' uh, expectations are wrong. And, uh, uh, and this is uh, what is also very interesting and probably maybe even more interesting that uh, 
from the uh, from these types of expectations where people are wrong, we can extract knowledge and we can uh, understand better where is reality is going. And some people have a, a tendency to be to change their mood uh, in the same pattern. Mm. Uh, and uh, some these or that patterns. So like we can clusterize the uh, dynamics of changes of their expectations and we can make the corrections to this cluster like making uh, take average expectations of this cluster uh, to this corridor of reality and uh, make a correction on this so we can understand the, it better like yeah. uh, these things are very exciting yeah. yeah it's very insightful i see you mentioned that the majority of people are wrong but uh, in in the majority of cases they are wrong systematically and we can explore um, this systematic error and use this knowledge to um, correct uh, the final data for the decision making process so we know different type of uh, systematic errors errors so that's why we have an opportunity and chance to create different clusters not only for example super forecasters as yuri mentioned but for example the um, cluster of bulls, the cluster of bears, the cluster of black swan predictors. It's the, the smallest and the most unique clusters of analysts uh, who have a chance to predict unpredictable um, major market events uh, with um, a high accuracy um, during the long periods of time. And it's very insightful uh, topic for us to research this cluster of black swans because using this knowledge we have a um, unique opportunity to change our business strategy to change people's minds and to disrupt a lot of other stuff here yeah do, do they exhibit any common traits is there any kind of uh, unifying ideology or background or something between these people or is the only thing they have in common that they're right more often than others uh, it's also a very insightful topic um and we we continue uh, managing this research uh because um, in many cases all these people from one from one cluster um, they are um, pretty different and they don't have um, any similar connection in their occupation, in their professional background, in their social status, um, in their ages. So, but they actually have the same ways how to, um, what mindsets in their forecasting, in the decision making um, they, they're using. And we can define um, this mindset and scale it and to find um, more people and add more people to these clusters by um, using not so um, much data about, for example, new analysts. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. That's very, very interesting. Um, and so that was something that you discovered out of, out of doing this for a while and seeing these, these different clusters would you say that the the people who are you know 
you're talking about that there are people who are generally most often wrong being most people does their being wrong and the way they're wrong and how sure they are of those things that turn out to be incorrect how how is that in a feedback loop impacting the actual outcome like the sentiment because we're talking about a lot of this is sentiment and when you're analyzing that retrospectively do you see that sometimes a prevailing negative sentiment that otherwise isn't justified by any fundamental data or analysis influences the outcome in a way that takes a conclusion that should have been correct and, and actually makes it turn out the other way. I'm not sure if I'm saying that clearly, but, but maybe you can help, help me say what I'm trying to say. So if I understand uh, correctly um, your question, so um, actually the, um, the final and the core of final value um, of the wisdom of the crowd concept, it's um, that that um, in one um, diverse and unbiased group, we have um, um, various type of uh, mindset, various type of people and uh, this diversity is the key uh, in generating the um, the final, for example, um, accuracy and the final high accuracy. Because if you have a very um, non-diverse, uh, biased uh, group, all of um, these people can have um, a similar um, type of error, and the final, the final data, the final. Um, indicator the final uh, indicator uh, could be wrong and it's one of the major um, key to collect um, a large and a diverse and um, not just a group of people but a group of people um, who has a strong motivation to re to, so to solve this task because if people in this group um, don't have a strong motivational to invest their intelligence to manage this task, you can collect um, like incorrect data because they wouldn't uh, want to invest enough time, enough attention for solving this, this task for you. That's okay. why it's very important to um, create uh, in our ecosystem different loops and different type of um, intent, uh, motivational, financial motivation, non-financial motivation. That's, that's why we, it's also like, it's our part in this symbiotic uh, relationship. We should um, transfer from our side the value uh, to, to, our, to our analysts, to our forecasters. In some cases, uh, financial uh, value will be the um, like most um, effective uh, for some type of, of people. In in some cases, um, it could be a value of uh, um, receiving new knowledge, um, re receiving um, special and effective educational uh, process. Um, yep. Okay, that that definitely makes sense. You know, for some people, the, the financial driver is what makes it worthwhile for them and they want to be able to be correct in their assessments, whether or not it's something that they personally would like uh, otherwise. And then for others, it is the, the curiosity that drives them. Maybe they have enough money, maybe they're not moved by money and they just really enjoy it for the game or for the intellectual pursuit. 
And then for others, um, as Yuri was elaborating on earlier, there's a, a deeper drive that both of you seem to share from a philosophical perspective, from an existential perspective, that this project or this process to be a part of it is actually is helping this means to an end. So, oh, Yuri, would you like to comment on that? Yeah, I, I can say that the drivers uh, and motivational uh, systems are multi-dimensional. And uh, uh, one of them obviously is money, uh, but others, we develop other types and they are working. And like uh, Nassim Talib said uh, that good traders don't take just money because just money are not, fu not fun. And uh, it's uh, important to have other uh, types of motivations. And we see that uh, gamification uh, is a good, very good uh, approach to motivate and there are different types of fun uh, in gaming mechanics, in which we are currently researching, and we uh, see that they go, uh, go are giving, and we giving the impact, and we're gonna uh, implement lots of different mechanics uh, of gamification. Uh, also, important thing for analysts is education. Uh, like many people say that. Uh, half of success is uh, the correct questions and by uh, receiving the questions uh, within our application uh, those analysts uh, get the knowledge of the market and they uh, get half of the vision of where to look and what to analyze what is actually crucial and what is actually important so they we are helping to to focus on the things that are important uh, for the market. Uh, they also give, uh, get these points and uh, uh, the growth of their accuracy. Uh, mm -hmm. So we see that people who uh, continue analyzing the market, they start being more and more accurate. And for them, it's like uh, the, the perception of personal growth. Like they feel that they become more professional. Mm. And uh, uh, this is uh, what helps them and uh, makes them better and they feel it. Uh, some people use the uh, number of in the rank within a syndicator application inside their CVs. Like those people who are looking for financial jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we see that in the web that some people say, oh, I, I'm number 500 in the ranking in syndicator. Mm. And this is the way for people to find a job. Like it's one of the points and yeah. uh, it helps in this way. And of course, uh, it's philosophy uh, and philosophy that is being emerged. Like I cannot say that we have already uh, formulated it very clearly uh, in a very short and clear words. Uh, but many people start to catch it. Uh, to feel it, I can say. Mm -hmm. uh, that this is about being a part of something big and this is about uh, the unity and symbiosis. Mm -hmm. And uh, for many people, uh, it becomes more and more important even if they don't understand it uh, clearly on consciousness level. Unconsciously, we all are happy to be part of tribe. Right, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I wanted to talk to you guys about your concept of partnership. So what we do in Pendulum Insight is partnership development. 
and focus on the blockchain economy. Now, what you were talking about earlier about a new kind of partnership or a, a way of symbiotic relationship that extends beyond the cross-promotional or purely um, resource-sharing type of bound structured partnerships of the past that, um, you know, they've been effective until now, but there's something more and something better that's out there. Would you both just dig into that a little bit for us and tell us what a partnership could look like and how that's worked out for you guys at Syndicator? Yes, for sure. So um, actually, uh, as we um, describe in our memorandum of symbiotic network, we are interested to um, have them new active uh, valuable uh participants uh in our network and like about about about, about different uh, criteria so yeah actually i see uh, a lot of major criteria so all these companies uh should uh, have like the similar vision the similar philosophy with uh, with with our vision all these uh, companies um, can have um, and um, and can um, like solving their um, the real the real problems for um, for a large uh, markets and this market this target audience um, would be um, closer for our audience for like the audience of traders investors analysts and that's why first of all we are interested in partnership with uh, financial not only but uh, firstly with financial uh, companies with uh, financial technology companies uh, who are developing um, different type of technologies uh, who are um, generating um, new type of additional and alternative uh, data for investors, for traders, for analysts who who are solving the the issue of uncertainty in crypto and both in traditional markets. Mm-hmm. But the financial area is like not the on, on, only one, and we already have non-financial uh, partners uh, in our network because um, all these um, patterns, all these uh, problems uh, like have the the same the same core uh, in the end of the day, and um, as I mentioned before, we we are not planning to like end our journey only um, in the financial on the in the financial area. So um, it's our mission to. Mm, bring all our findings, all our uh, results in terms of uh, researching and creating new type of organizations, new type of consensus algorithms to to other areas. And it's uh, the way how we return, uh, give away the value to ecosystem, mm-hmm. how we share um, like our experience, our knowledge, because we. In, we invest a lot of resources. We invest a lot of time, a lot of financial resources, mm-hmm. a lot of intelligence resources to exploring this topic. And we, it's our philosophy. 
because we we must uh, share this knowledge uh, publicly to mm. to other players to other companies because um, because we we don't see the alternative way to collect all this value all these uh, opportunities only inside syndicate only inside us yeah so so partnerships yeah. where you can either get access to more data more useful data with which to to create things and to learn and then when you can take the things you've learned and share them and also partnerships where you can access uh, larger groups of people and get get what you're doing out there so that you can learn faster and better collectively yeah and, and uh, I, I can say that comparing to my previous uh, concept of partnership where uh, the terms of partnership were, were pretty defined straightforward uh, within the um, environment which uh, was kind of static and didn't change uh, we see that uh, the environment is changing uh, and transforming so fast that uh, the type of uh, partnership is uh, become kind of paradoxical and uh, uh, uniting the concept which which are uh, kind of ambivalent uh, that at one case it's the synchronicity and unity in in everything like uh, in in many things uh, on the other hand it's uh, diversity and uh, acceptance of, of differences of each other and uh, i can say that uh, it, it in terms of unity and uh, sharing it's like the pain of one entity within the ecosystem is the pain of all the ecosystem and it's pain of all the partners uh, which could be not uh, described before the entrance into these relationships which okay. was not described in terms uh, which makes these relationships not only formal but also informal mm. uh, it, it is in a way of approaching the pain and the problems and challenges of each other and uh, in the way of approaching of finding the solution of those types of uh, challenges it is about bringing the uh, different types of values it's bringing the unique uh, something unique something uh, which makes us very different and uh, if we unite uh, our uniqueness we can co-create and we can uh, face the challenges of each other and uh, solve them so th this is how i see the this good well, that, that's big because to go from where a lot of people think of partnerships as just a form of channel marketing it's just uh you know, it's a non-disclosure agreement and a revenue share agreement or whatever, and that's the end of it, where you're talking about something with values alignment, whether you've got some core values so that you know you're thinking and operating the same way, but from there you're growing with each other um, and understanding that that is something where you have to have sort of a shared vision, even if the details, the finer points have yet to come, uh, come out, you're going to find them together. And then pitching yourself to another company or another team or another project to do that uh, is a bigger discussion than just how much money can we make off of an event or a promotion. Yeah. Exactly. 
Mike, did you have something to say to that as well? You seem like you're going to no, say. No, I just said absolutely. Mm, okay. Right. So, then I wanted to um, just catch up with you guys. So I, I saw that you've got over roughly, what, 120,000 analysts, maybe more, um, 16,000 token holders. And this was since your successful token sale over a year ago now. So in that time, how has Syndicator grown? and change. You know, I've seen you got a new website recently. You've had partnerships with Surrenders and SLP Network, Blue Frontiers. That's a lot of growth. Um, can you just kind of give us the story of what's happened in that time and where you're going next? Yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely the last year was um, like very effective and very insightful. Mm, in some cases, uh, very successful for for syndicator because, for example, in terms of the number of analysts, the current uh, core of our ecosystem. So we achieved uh, the goals like it's more than ten uh, times. So before our token sale, we had like approximately ten thousand uh, registered analysts. So right now, we already have more than. Uh, 120,000 analysts from all over the world. So we uh, increased the, the number of data 100 times. So it allowed us to move uh, quickly to test uh, quickly new hypotheses, to um, launch new products and to, um, to transfer and to deliver Mm, more value and more types of new value for our customers. So, and mm, in terms of our uh, mm, target customers, so right now, yes, we have more than 7,000 uh, token holders and more than 4,000 uh, from the group mm, are using our products on a uh, daily, weekly basis. And it's also a great achievement. Mm, but it's like just it's not just beginning because we we started syndicator four years ago just um, probably in the middle of our journey and we have um, an ambition plans exciting plans to grow our ecosystems in in quality both and in quantity um, our parts mm. so actually um, yeah for sure um, our team Mm, they go up up to like four or five times right now we have approximately 70 full-time employees in like six seven different countries mm. and before token sale our team was consist of like 15 people so yeah it's this last year was mm, like a great journey and showed us mm, and justified Mm, our decision to issue our utility token and to launch our internal economy in more efficient way. That's great. That's great news. Yeah, uh, and uh, you, you asked about the, the plans also. Mm -hmm. uh, like, the, like during this year, while we're talking, became, uh, we still think that our token is the most uh, utilized from all the utility tokens. Uh, on the current uh, crypto market. Mm. We have not seen uh, uh, any other utility token that is utilized like ours. We have about 30 with something 
if I'm not mistaken, percents uh, of tokens uh, that are in circulation that are uh, program. Uh, I'm mistaken with numbers, uh, but it's about 30 percent uh, uh, that are secured by our clients to use the products that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have uh, increased the accuracy of indicators a lot. And we see that we are just at the beginning of this uh, journey. We have lots of uh, potential to increase uh, all the uh, numbers. Um, we now uh, uh, making new plans and we have come to Korea. We, uh, right at this moment, uh, Mike and uh, uh, me and uh, our uh, CBDO Xenia uh, have moved to Seoul mm-hmm. uh, and we are building our Korean community. Uh, we see big potential in Korea, uh, lots of activities here, lots of players, big community. Uh, so we're going to expand uh, our ecosystem here in Asia, starting from Korea, and then uh, move to other places. And it's, it makes, it is very exciting and very interesting uh, to dig deeper into the different culture uh, deeply and see the differences and what makes the, this community efficient. So uh, I can say that hybrid intelligence learns from it. Mm. Uh, we also, uh, uh, building, we have lots of uh, internal experiments uh, that we run with our analysts, with our traders, mm-hmm. uh, those who we, whom we have approached like clients in in the beginning. We are uh, looking for the ways how to uh, utilize the value of hybrid intelligence the more effectively, uh, how to make these decisions. So we are learning to formulate the strategies. Yeah. Uh, we also have uh, the technological infrastructure in development uh, that connects to exchanges and uh, mm, research different quant strategies uh, that manages assets. Uh, so these are the things that uh, we will see in future. Uh, also, we are running experiments on how to uh, expand the capacity of hybrid intelligence because now we are producing uh, a limited amount of indicators, like mm-hmm. we ask limited amount of questions, and we have started the research of how to uh, increase this capacity, how to parallel different questions to different people. Uh, this will not be very fast, uh, but this is what we have started working now. Uh, so, like many many different researches, uh, they are all inspiring us for new work and they show us that there is huge potential for us to grow, yeah. which makes us really happy. Well, that's great news. It sounds like the next year ahead, you know, 2019 is going to be a huge year for Syndicator. And I know that um, my understanding was that you guys had a lot more money that wanted to come into uh, your, your token sale than you actually let happen and that you were very careful and selective about who you chose to work with, which I found quite interesting, uh, particularly in a time when so many people ran to do an ICO or, or whatever form of fundraising they did. They kind of took the money and they didn't do anything. 
where you guys have been working on this for four years and you're clearly still having so much going on. You've expanded the team. It seems like the investor's money is going to good use. Um, people are using your service and your products. So uh, I wanted to ask you, one of the things I like to ask every guest is your favorite deal story. So whether it's a negotiation or something that almost fell apart or a fundraise or you know, a partnership story, something you can share with the audience uh, since we're always trying to form better partnerships and more mutually beneficial deals, something you salvaged or something really great that happened. Just share a story with us. Mm, I really like the way uh, how we um, um, developed and managed the selection process um, for token purchasers during our token sale because of like, more than a year ago, we probably we were the first company with this framework because we create a very strict uh, selection uh, process. We um, created a special form and every um, potential participant of our token sale uh, should um, prepare and send uh, to us a special essay about their Mm, potential intentions and uh, opportunities mm, and skills which uh, he or she can invest in the ecosystem. Mm. And we collected like more than 35,000 uh, applicants and uh, me personally mm, checked all these forms manually. So. Uh, spent spent maybe like three four weeks to check manually all these forms and to um, to read all this essay, all the information and um, during our consensus in our team um, we uh, made uh, a decision um, for each particular participants of all our tiers, uh, especially for those second and third tiers to include or not to include to the final to the final list and we justified that this um, approach uh, already um, bring us a lot of uh, value because um, even after the token sale our ecosystem uh, was already consist of not just uh, short-term speculators or random people so like 90% of, of our ecosystem consists of um, people which really has a huge interest, uh, a different type of interest in developing and in sharing uh, knowledge resources um, between, between other participants. And for example, if we want to uh, travel or to go to any country, we just send shorts uh, message to our community and in each uh, it's literally in each country we have small or large group of like high motivated and high professional people in different areas like they could be entrepreneurs data scientists traders managers students professors and we meet with these people and they help us and they help ecosystem to grow and it's one of their unique um, like advantage of the 
ecosystem model. Yeah. And I and I like that we spent a lot of time to and invest a lot of time, intelligence, attention to the selection process because now we see all advantages of our decision. Like yeah. What's the year? That's really great. I, I think that uh, the way you guys turned the the investment selection process on its head, where a lot of people uh, going out and trying to raise funds, they are in the opposite position, hoping that people will choose them, pay attention to them, and um, kind of preaching their their idea versus being very careful about who they work with and understanding that that is necessary to the long term survival. And here you are, over a year later, still chugging along and expanding quickly. So that's interesting. And, and Yuri, what would be one of your favorite deal stories or your take on that one? Yeah, for sure. Like uh, it's, it's the previous deal. And uh, this one was, this is my favorite one. Yeah. Great. Um, so, you know, gentlemen, I, I know that this ran a little bit longer than we had scheduled and I know you've got a lot to work on there. So would, would both of you just share some, final words of wisdom on the topic of hybrid intelligence, asset management, um, or really anything that you covered today, something that you want to leave with the audience. So I would like to share the message uh, to, to your audience uh, about, about the knowledge and about the mindset, how everyone um, boots um, develop a personal effective way to increase um, and to work with uh, his personal intelligence, personal um, consciousness. So invest more time into yourself, invest more time in your educational process, invest more time in getting new knowledge and uh, share it with people. Um, Try to create an effective network around you and uh, develop this network um, every day, every week. Um, be open minds, be open to other people and share um, the intelligence with the entire world. All right. Thank you for that. And how about you, Yuri? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Colton, for this interview and for the opportunity to uh, to share uh, our ideas. Uh, I would, I want to wish to take uh, all of us the responsibility for our lives and for the ecosystem where we live, and understand that this is all ours, and only we can uh, change it, and we must change it, and we have. Uh, to work with it and to be ready to work with it. We have to transform ourselves and we have, have to work mostly with ourselves and with our minds and transform it every day to the new type of thinking, to the type of thinking of the future. Like this is about the new economy where which we are all building together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, excellent. So for those of the listeners who do uh, want to you know, take that responsibility for their role in the ecosystem and take that responsibility for their own intellectual progress and their intelligence and the, the networks that they developed, as both of you have mentioned, 
what's the best way for them to get involved with you guys at Syndicator and help out with the project and you know, see how what you're doing can help them and uh, learn more about the symbiotic network? Where's the best place for them to go? I think um, the best uh, starting point would be um, our website and our uh, forecasting platform because it's uh, absolutely free for everyone and you can you could join the ecosystem uh, today and start the process of investing your intelligence start process the increasing um, your your knowledge um, in our platform uh, starting to communicate with other participants uh, inside inside this platform inside our community groups and chats so i think um, probably it would be the most efficient first way um, try to um, discover our website indicator.com and try to install our application for android ios and like uh, follow our twitter for follow our telegram group we are very um, open to communicate with other community we have a strong large um community team and personally yuri and me also often um communicate with all our participants and you can ask any questions personally uh to us and receive um, detailed answer um, great not not immediately, but uh, <laughs> like, yeah. give us a couple of days. Yeah, no, we have open, uh, very open community, and uh, we have special program uh, which called Avantgarde program, and we have uh, uh, representatives in many countries uh, who are interacting with each other and help us building the community, and uh, we have uh, Discord. Uh, chat with many channels uh, where different parts of communities uh, discuss different topics so this is open and uh, you can just uh, submit an application uh, you can come to telegram connect with uh, Jana head of our community uh, so you can get the connection with discord like it's pretty simple great Okay. Well, you know, again, thank you for taking the time today, guys. You know, those of you that are listening right now, go check it out. It's C I N uh, syndicator. So that's C I N D I C A T O R.com. Get involved with their discord, you know, read their blog on medium. It's a really fascinating project. You're going to be working with and learning from more than 120,000 other people who have already gotten involved. And uh, again, Mike, Yuri, thank you so much for your time and we'll hope to speak with you again soon. Um, it was a pleasure, Colton, to share our knowledge. Thank you for hosting uh, this interview. I hope we, um, we shared um, some insightful things today. And thank you again. Thank you, Colton, and have a good day. Absolutely. You too. Enjoy your time in Seoul. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Pendulum Insight Podcast. If you learned something today and you want to know more, go check out PendulumInsight.com.